Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Be With podcast, a podcast about the art and practice of care with me, your host, Barbara Roshna. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to have you back here today and listening in. I wanted to jump on today and just offer a quick podcast episode about what to do when you have more questions than you have answers. Partially because this is what's been going on in my life for the last few months. And as I've been feeling kind of this sense of trying to put my experience into language and trying to figure out how to talk about it on Instagram, I thought, you know what? I bet this would make a pretty good podcast episode and would give me the time and the space to really open up this question of what is it that we do to take care of ourselves? What is it that we do to find our way when we feel like we have a million questions and very few answers and we're not sure either what direction to go in or we're feeling ourselves in a process of growth that we're not sure where that's taking us or there's something that's shifting in our soul or in our consciousness or in our healing and the more we slow down with that, the more we become present to ourselves, the more it turns out we enter the deep mystery of life and the deep mystery of the questions we are sitting with. So I thought I'd come on and talk a little bit about that today. Now, before we get started, I just want to remind everyone um, that coming up, I've got a retreat in Prince Edward County, which is here just a couple of hours outside of Toronto. And that if you're a business owner who is interested in having these kinds of open and honest conversations with other business owners, I would love to hold space for you with my friend Maggie Gentry. Um, we're going to be leading a series of workshops um, and spending the weekend thinking about our business from a healing perspective, thinking about how we can heal our businesses and heal ourselves um, and live our businesses in a more sustainable, loving way. So yeah, so if you're interested in that, that's happening October 18th to the 20th. We've got a couple more spots open and I'd love to have you take part in it. You can find all the info at bewith.org slash events. Now let's talk about today's topic. So kind of looking at 2018 as a whole, at the beginning of 2018, I experienced a lot of growth is how I would explain it. I experienced a lot of expansion, both things in my consciousness and how I understood the world and kind of the healing I've been going through, the amount of courage I'm able to practice, the risks I'm able to take, um, the openness with which I'm able to live, um, the amount of money I make, how my business works, um, how deep my friendships go, how supportive my community is, parts of myself that I've been afraid to admit are there, but that are actually there, um, depth in my marriage, like all of these different parts of my life just kind of expanded and grew big and wide and tall and abundant in some of the most amazing ways ever. And it was this big period of flourishing and growth for um, many months in a row, I would say probably you know, six, maybe even seven months in a row. Um, But of course, all things uh, move from expansion to contraction to expansion again. Um, And so as the spring began to shift into summer, something in my energy began changing. Now, I know that whenever there's something happening for one of us, that often we can find mirrors for that 
in the collective. So for everyone, um, because as much as we might think we're separate, we're really all deeply, intimately connected by our energy and by the very nature of what we are. And so I know that for a lot of people, this summer was a lot of um, contraction, a lot of kind of like the shaking of the foundations of who they are or what their relationships look like or what their work life looks like. Um, And similarly for me, this summer was a lot about slowing down. I I had um, this deep, deep sense from early on in the summer to really, really slow down, to take down my client load to just a few clients, um, to spend time kind of hibernating and creating this podcast and really listening and uh, quieting myself down and uh, entering into a process of mystery um, rather than of planning a process of listening rather than of, of um, speaking. You know, even with this podcast, I haven't done a lot of planning. As you've noticed, it kind of comes out kind of whenever it does um, because I've really allowed myself to fully listen to the speed of my process. And the speed of my process has felt at times painfully slow, um, but I know has been appropriate for what I've been going through. And so, you know, as I entered this period of questioning and slowing down, a part of me, you know, was really comfortable with it because there was a sense of like, oh, yes, yes, I'm going to have this time of contraction and this time of asking some question, this time of, um, you know, rest and introversion um, in order for some big growth to come out on the other side. And as much as I do believe that big growth uh, is always paired with strong contraction, that we can't have one without the other, um, I, as my human Barbara, you know, living in the world within capitalism self, had a certain timeline of how long that contraction should take and that period of questioning should take before I would leap forward and make the next big thing, you know, make the next big change in my life, you know, work on the next big project. Um, Because that's kind of, as a creative person, that's one of the things that inspires me the most. Um, And then what happened is the the spring ended and the summer went on and the summer ended and now, you know, the fall is beginning to creep in is I would have these very strong moments as we came to the later half of the summer season where I'd be like, well, now, no, now, no, now. And I'd have this sense where I began kind of feeling like maybe there was something wrong with how long this process of slowing down and of question asking was taking. And maybe, you know, maybe I wasn't listening well enough or I wasn't paying attention or maybe I was mistaking my intuition for my ego. And all these kind of fears began to creep up and really make my life quite unpleasant. The waiting and the being patient itself was was quite lovely, but the questioning, that's what started really stressing me out. And so thankfully, uh, you know, about three weeks ago, I went on a two week vacation and we went away to my friend Rosemary's cottage, which is on a small island that you have to travel to by boat, um, about an hour's worth away from Ottawa. So, you know, an hour away from a big city and on a really small island, there's maybe 15 to 20 other cottages. Um, there's electricity, but other than that, it's pretty rugged. There's an outhouse. And Tanya and I just had two weeks there to be quiet and swim a lot and be together and be in companionship with one another. And one of the choices that I made before going on this trip was that I decided I wasn't going to bring any 
quote-unquote work-related books or reading materials or even activities to the cottage. And you would have, you know, one or two small things to do um, just to check in on emails, you know, um, just twice during the trip. But other than those two dedicated hours, I kind of committed to not thinking about work and not thinking about the the labor of creating in the world. I really let myself rest. I really gave myself permission to just slow right down. Um, And what's really interesting and what's really interesting for me now since I've come back in the last week is that I think in the back of my mind, there was a kind of trade that I was making with myself where I told myself, you know what? If you slow down enough and you let yourself just be present enough and you don't, you know, you don't plan for what's next for your business, you don't plan for what's next for these different projects you have in the world, like, um, you know, uh, stuff around my, our rental business here in Toronto with our Airbnb or whatever else it is. If you don't plan any of those things, then of course, once you come back home, you'll have these like bolts of lightning and clarity. And right away, you're going to have all the answers you need because you're going to basically, what I was doing is I was like, I was making a barter. You're going to barter with your soul. You're going to give your soul all this time to be. And once you give your soul all this time to be, of course, the natural result of that is going to, it's provide, it's going to provide you with all these practical things that can be fit into, um, narratives of production and worth and growth, um, and expansion and all those places that our, our culture really, really celebrates. Our culture really celebrates the expansion part of, you know, spiralic human experience and not the contraction part of a spiralic human experience. Um, and so I think in some ways I felt like I was making a barter with my soul. Um, and of course we came back from the cottage and I dropped back into my real quote unquote, you know, real life, which is ironic because so much of my real life is spent on the internet, which though is real is not flesh and blood real. It's, you know, over a screen real. Um, and as I drop back into my client work and into, you know, thinking about, okay, well, like it's not time for the next season of my business. What's up next? You know, it's even a new quarter, um, that's coming up soon. I realized I, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down and answer emails. I just had this like extremely strong resistance to sitting down and answering emails. Now in the past, I would have judged that I would have thought, Oh, I'm procrastinating or I've got resistance and it's because something really good is about to come through. So I just have to push through and that's where the good thing is going to be. Um, but thankfully I've developed enough as, um, in my self-knowledge that I know that when I'm coming up against resistance, that that's hard, that that's that hard. Sorry. That's kind of, um, that feels impermeable. And that when I push against it makes me grumpy and miserable. I know that that kind of resistance in particular means that I'm not supposed to be doing the thing that I'm trying to force myself to do. That's actually kind of a, a dent, gentle nudge from my spirit and from my soul to, to head into a different direction and to listen up and see if there's something else that I'm being called attention, my attention to. And so I gave myself permission to kind of just stay resistant and not answer a lot of emails last week, even though I hadn't been answering emails for two weeks now. Um, and Thankfully, because I had two weddings that I officiated this past weekend, I'm recording this on the Monday after, um, I kind of had the excuse of like, you know what, I'm working on the weekend. So it's a six day work week this week. That's way longer than I usually 
work. Um, so I'm going to be really gentle with myself and not force myself to go too hard during my weekday work days because I'm also seeing clients and there's just a lot going on. And thankfully that was enough for my ego to kind of calm down and not push through for a sense of worthiness. Cause I think that would have been easy is to just make myself answer the email. So I felt quote unquote productive, even though I knew that's not what I was being called to. And so I, um, yeah, so I finally gave myself permission to really slow down. And, uh, and today as I was, you know, starting to think about returning to work this week at full force and returning to my inbox, um, I began to have this sense of like, you know, so I've been in this time, I've been in this time of contraction of, you know, um, we could say metaphorical darkness. My moods have been a little bit lower, uh, but not in a bad way, just in a way where I feel like my energy has been a little bit lower, where I feel like more, um, thoughtful, more introverted, more pensive, more curious. And I think if I drop the judgment on that and really let myself get curious about why some of those things are present, um, I know that underneath it's because I'm making decisions about some really, really important things in my life that feel um, kind of heavy and that are attached to old trauma and that there is a healing process that's happening underneath the surface of kind of what I experience day to day that underneath there's a spiritual growth that's happening and healing that's happening um, that's running kind of like groundwater, you know, deep underneath the, the level of the earth. Um, and so it makes sense that kind of on the level of the earth, on the on the day-to-day level, what I'm experiencing is myself um, feeling a little more quiet, feeling a little more in need of quiet walks and watching the trees and silence and just being really present to myself. Um, and what's really interesting is that Tanya and I, every single year, we pick a quote for the year ahead that kind of is our family quote. It's what we um, seek to embody or learn from in the next year. And, you know, there's always kind of a challenge to that uh, because we we pick quotes that mean a lot to us. Um, and it's a very intuitive process. But of course, all the learning that we ask of our of our human selves to do with our souls um, can be can be really rough because the the human self just like wants to stay alive and hold on to control and the soul just wants to grow and leap and jump and so the quote that we picked for this year was um, what the cal- caterpillar sees as the end the rest of the world sees as a butterfly um, and I love I love that kind of like you know I've had this curiosity in the back of my mind all year long about what what is this going to mean for me and and where do I see this this growth coming into and out of my life um and the the quote is by Lao Tzu just so that you have the context of where where it comes from you know so from an ancient religious uh teaching and so for me I think these days what I'm realizing is actually what's happening for me right now is I'm kind of in the cocoon um I'm not yet the butterfly and I'm no longer the caterpillar. Um, I'm in the cocoon in this present moment. And what's really funny is this past week, I had a client session with someone who I just wrapped up working with, who I really adore and um, who I've had a great time, you know, just helping her explore her own life and her own journey. And I've been thinking about the quote extra this past couple of weeks. Um, And 
in the session, she kind of used the imagery of a cocoon to describe herself and where she's at in her journey. And, you know, in my client sessions, I try and stay very present to my clients. So it wasn't the moment to share with her that, you know, it actually I've been feeling that too. Um, but I, uh, but I, I had this good laugh in the back of my mind where I was like, oh, there we are. Just the universe, like offering me a little reminder of like, remember what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, you're not alone in, um, what we're feeling is always part of a bigger collective movement, uh, part of a collective soul growth, you could say. And so when I heard her share that with me um, and kind of in the last week, what I've come to is to, to, you know, open up a conversation around what it means to be in these moments when we are in this um, collective space of being the mush that is the caterpillar which has not yet transformed into the butterfly but which has had to end which has had to come to its end and turn to full mush in the cocoon um, and is now beginning to redraw and pull in all that organic material together in new ways for the development of something for something it doesn't know yet for something it has never ever yet been. And, uh, and, you know, the thing that kept coming up for me while I was at this cottage, it's it, the property has all these beautiful old trees on it, stunning, tall, tall, tall. Um, and what kept coming up for me is that as I kept sitting with myself and really being present to myself, more and more questions kept arising for, for myself and me and my own history and my own life and my own soul, my own healing, and my own family. And suddenly I like, I left filled with so many questions. And I think this is really what happens when we're about to birth something new and who knows how long it's going to be before I birth something new. But when we're creating something new, we're becoming something new. We've, we've ended the thing we've been, and we have not yet become the thing we are arriving into that there's this sense of lostness, the sense of the darkness, the sense of like trying to pull threads together and not exactly knowing how they weave together, how they thread together, what the, the matter is that we are weaving, um, that there can be a frustration that we are doing something wrong because we're like, well, look, this thing I had, that's just gone to shit. And this thing that's supposedly maybe I'm going to turn into like, well, I don't even know what that is yet. And so, you know, here, here's just a short list of things I've been doing to take care of myself and to also to keep, um, the process of weaving to keep the work of alchemy going as I've been in the cocoon and really finally surrendering to the fact that I'm in the cocoon, to the fact that I am rebuilding in the dark and that there is not enough light yet for me to know what it is exactly that I'm weaving together. I mean, that's the most beautiful part for me of the idea of the cocoon is that the the organic material that is being formed into the butterfly, we could say the very soul of that creature, the very life force of that creature, like that is being formed in darkness. So even though butterflies come out as these, you know, often, not always, but often vibrant, colorful, uh, beautiful things, like in the midst of the making, in the midst of the weaving, all that color is being infused and created in the darkness. Um, and so, you know, if you're in a moment right now of asking questions of, um, 
feeling like you are weaving something together, but you don't even know what it is while also grieving the loss of a previous chapter. I want you to know that you're not alone in it. And I also want you to know that there is a magic um, in weaving in the dark um, and that kind of the way to to go through that process um, is to really go through it moment by moment. So for myself, what this has meant, um, kind of the first impulse that I've been working with, um, an idea and principle I've been working with for myself is to follow the breadcrumbs. And what I mean by that is to like follow the small signs that you receive day to day, both from the external world. So when you see a moment of synchronicity or um, notice something that's working out for you, but also internal uh, breadcrumbs, kind of your internal energetic breadcrumbs that tell you that you're on the right path. So for me, what this means is really paying attention to what um, excites me and brings me joy. And as much as it might seem kind of outside of what I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing, I make sure that I'm making some time every day for those small things that bring me joy. Um, And I really want to open up the kind of the idea here of what I'm talking about. I think, you know, people are like, oh yeah, I get it. Like I'm supposed to have a bath or I'm supposed to do something really nice for myself, but that's not even what I'm talking about here. Like, yes, if those feels, those things feel exciting and energizing for sure, go for them. But I'm actually talking about the things that kind of, that you can do that energize you and that excite you and pull you forward into them that almost make you feel a sense of, at the end, a sense of like, you know what, I may not know what I'm doing, but today I cleared out this cupboard of junk stuff that sits in this back, you know, shelf. And I'm so excited about it. Um, This sense of like following a breadcrumb to clear things out, to move things out, to, to, you know, reorganize your wardrobe, to clear out a junk drawer, to um, go for a run to a new part of the city, to, you know, reorganize your file folder, like on your desktop, let's say that, you know, where you dump all the shit that you don't know what to do with that you don't want sitting on your desktop. Um, Follow wherever kind of the energy is that allows you to feel a sense of, accomplishment that's not about your worth that's not going to mess with your ego brain that's about like am I good am I not good but that's just going to allow you to feel a sense of movement and a sense of completion and a sense of clearing so anything that's going to allow you to feel like you're actually physically playing with the energy of clearing to make space for creation so what we're doing there is we're following the breadcrumbs of our energy to know that we might not know what the thing that coming is yet, but we know the things that we are letting go of. Um, and that in itself is really, really important and really crucial to the process of trusting ourselves in this moment. Because one of the main things, you know, about being in a period of being in a cocoon is that the it doesn't in itself have to be a painful process. It might be uncomfortable, it might be scary, it might be a bit confusing, but in itself, it doesn't have to be a thing that makes us feel like shit as long as we support ourselves through it. It only really starts becoming an experience of suffering when we blame ourselves for being in that process rather than just accept that this is where we're at. And so my invitation is like, 
anything that helps you work with your energy so that you can stay present to your process without judgment. Um, but you get to disperse some of that maybe anxious energy, you get to clear some of that old energy, you get to move stuff around in a way that helps you feel like you're scratching an itch almost. Um, that's what I'm going to encourage you to make space for and to do because I've found that to be extremely helpful for myself. It's like I clear a cupboard and suddenly I feel like, yeah, you know what? I don't know what this um, next transition of this thing is going to look like. And I don't know in this relationship with this person that I care about, whether I'm making the right decision or the wrong decision, but you know what? I know that I am taking care of my home and I know that I'm taking care of my body. And I know that I know the things I know, and I don't know the things that I don't know. And that being able to differentiate those two things and give yourself permission to know what you know and to not know what you do not know. I think that can be really extremely powerful and so, so freeing um, and help us avoid like the crazies basically in our head. Um, the next thing I want you to remember is that being lost isn't forever. Being in contraction isn't forever. This is something I'm reminding myself a lot of. Um, but that even in that, like, this isn't forever. And so also let's remember that this is a destination in itself. It's a destination that it's on its way to another destination, but this isn't going to last forever. So let's also make use of it. Let's use this time when there are so many questions to really open up, you know, some of those places inside of ourselves where we might have not looked for a while because there's a freedom and an energy for introspection that might not usually be there. Um, and that now might be a good time to kind of allow those things to come up to the surface and to bubble up to the surface, even if for now you don't deal with those questions. Um, at least they've had a chance to bubble up to the surface and you can always come back later. There's a real gift to a moment of contraction because we are so almost acutely present to what's happening right here and right now because it's so uncomfortable. Um, evolution is a deeply uncomfortable process. And so whether we are in deep evolution through contraction or through expansion, um, kind of, you know, if we think about like the mid ground as like being static and we go out to the left and to the right and we go to like slight con contraction, slight expansion, moderate contraction, moderate expansion, extreme contraction, extreme expansion. If we think about it that way, kind of at those at those full edges to the farthest right and to the farthest left, that kind of contraction, that kind of expansion, those things are deeply uncomfortable because they are the farthest we get from the unknown. They are the most unknown. They're also the farthest we get from control and trying to keep things the same, which is what our, our, our human lizard brain wants to do. And so in those moments, I think like we're not there very often. Let's remember that that in itself is a precious opportunity. Um, and because we're going to be so uncomfortable because it is difficult to be in deep contraction, that means the time is going to feel like it's really slowed down. Congratulations. It's like a natural boost of mindfulness. Um, when we are going through that kind of contraction, it's almost easier to stay, you know, really, really present if we don't get caught up in the brain chatter um, because everything feels moment by moment by moment because it has to be because we don't know what's coming next. And so my encouragement for you there is to know that it's not going to last forever. So few sigh of relief, but also really treasure it for this moment that it is here right now. 
Um, be patient with yourself. Be really loving and gentle with yourself. It's okay that being in contraction is hard. There is nothing wrong with having a hard time. And I almost, like, you can hear the lightness in my voice as I say this because I'm almost, like, it's almost comical to me that I have been kind of avoiding posting on social media for this past week a lot because I'm still continue to be in a process of contraction. And as I'm in a process of contraction and deep introspection and introversion, I felt like, well, you know, I don't know how much of this I want to be sharing because it's so, I don't have really anything of substance to say. It's so quiet and kind of a little bit sad and a little bit resistant and da, 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 da. But in as I say all that, like I'm kind of judging my process. I'm judging what I'm experiencing and I'm not being patient with it. There's nothing wrong with being in contraction. Uh, Being in contraction is perfectly healthy. It actually means you're on your way to expansion at some point. If you can be really present for it and really curious about where that's taking you and just stay with it moment by moment. So be patient with yourself. Be loving with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. There's nothing bad with this, but it's also not easy. Um, Which brings me, obviously, to a reminder about self-care. And there's kind of two different types of self-care I'm going to offer here. The first is that self-care, meaning the practicals, you know. And this is a good reminder for all of us. I've got a glass of lemon water sitting beside me right now. Make sure that your physical system is deeply held and deeply loved. Get yourself enough water, enough sleep, enough food, enough sex, enough nature, enough movement, enough... um, you know, enough massage, enough whatever it is that you need in order for your body to be able to be a container that can hold space for what you're experiencing. Because there is a physical change that's happening within you as you're going through this process. And so I really, really want to make sure that you are tending to that physical vessel that you live in. Um, And then the other part of self-care is also pull Pull community care into your self-care. So one of my favorite things to do has been to have my wife remind me of things I already know, have my friends remind me of things I already know. Um, And sometimes I will literally, sometimes I'll forget to ask, but sometimes I'll literally ask. I'll be like, hey, I remember that this is actually how things work. Hey, I remember I'm not bad for having a hard day. Hey, I remember I'm not bad for um, not being up for keeping this commitment or for um, feeling guilty when I cancel a commitment I have every right to cancel. I remember I'm not bad, but can you remind me? Because I'm having trouble remembering. I know this to be true, but I'm having trouble remembering. Can you please remind me? And so something really, you know, simple that we can do with our friends is to ask them to remind us about what we know to be true, but we have forgotten in the moment. Um, And to ask our community to step in and offer care in that way. Um, I think it's a really, really simple thing we can request of others. Um, And what it does is it also deepens our own process of softness, but it also deepens our community's understanding that it's okay to ask each other for help, that it's actually healthy. It gives the other person permission to ask you for help at other times, as well as it gives them, you know, you're really modeling for them in that moment that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in contraction. It's okay to be in question asking. Um, 
And it shows other people that it's okay to like muck your way through towards to new answers that um, being in a process of unknowing is actually really great and keeps us interdependent and keeps us in surrender and keeps us curious um, and allows us to stay alive to what really, really is. So that's kind of my list of of self-care things that I've been really tuning into as I continue to swim my way out of the void. Um, I think partially, I'll be honest, I feel comfortable doing this episode at this point because last week uh, after a breathwork meditation, I really saw myself kind of in this um, uh, tomb, you could say, this tomb that I have, that I know from other meditations I've done before in the past. Um, and I could see that I was just about to leave the tomb. I was just about to enter the light. And so there's a sense in me in which I know that, and even the fact that I'm making this podcast is probably a sign that I'm about to leave the, the, the void, or I'm starting to find my way into answers, even if that is just this messiness of this episode. Um, but I guess that's that's actually the very last point I wanted to make is that the way we find our way out of the contraction of so many questions, one of the ways is through continuing to ask questions out loud with others. Um, the reason most of us avoid slowing down, most of us avoid contraction actively, we distract ourselves, we pacify ourselves, is because the process of of being in the deep unknown can be really, really scary. Um, but the gift of that and the gift that I'm discovering right now is that I, what I'm being, what my soul is asking of me, such an interesting way to think about this, what my soul is asking of me is to live my way into the answers. In fact, there's actually a really beautiful quote that I am remembering just now at the end of the episode, which is, absolutely mind-blowing to me, um, that came into my life over a decade ago um, by Rainia Maria Rilke from Letters to a Young Poet. And this quote back then came into my life also during a period of contraction that was five or six months long, four or five months long maybe, um, also over the summertime, um, the summer between, I guess it would have been second and third year university, or maybe third and fourth year university. I don't remember one of those, um, maybe third and fourth, when I was making the choice to live out and proud as a gay woman, um, and I was choosing to leave behind the very fundamental Christian organization that, uh, you know, had me believing that homosexuality was a sin and therefore abstaining from any romantic or sexual relationships. And so the summer that I was working for them out in BC, um, I was making this choice to live as my true self and to trust that God loved me anyway, which to me now is wild because I, I so believe that my queerness is yet another expression of God in the same way that my loving my friends is in the same way that my creativity is. Um, but yeah, this quote was deeply, deeply important to me back then. And, um, and I suppose it is probably important for me now. Again, I hope it is of service to you as well as you hear it. So yeah, maybe I'll read the quote and then I'll do all the wrap up stuff. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers, which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day 
into the answer. Mm, isn't that beautiful? Oh, stunning. Well, friends, may we live our way into the answers. May we live the questions now. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, if it was of service to you, um, if there is someone in your life who is living the questions actively and calling you crying or blabbering or upset or curious or frustrated or and you're like, wow, that person is just in deep reflection, introspection mode, please consider sharing this episode with them. Um, if nothing else, it will be a support for them to hear their own experience married back to them. Um, or feel free to share this on social media. I always love to see you post about the podcast that way. That's how it gets out to as many people as possible. Um, and of course, if you haven't done yet so, and this is like your fourth or fifth episode, please consider going to iTunes and leaving me a rating and a review um, so that more people can keep finding the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful that you are here and you are listening and you're sharing this podcast. Um, I am ultimately grateful to my community and you are a part of it. And so thank you for being part of my community. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>